0: What's up? I'm Bee, and whether you're watching this on YouTube or you are listening to the podcast, I hope you are having an amazing day. Today, we are going to be listening to part two of Brittany Dawn's cancellation episodes. She said she's doing a five-part series, finally speaking out and telling her truth now that the lawsuit has been settled, but this particular episode is number three in the series, and it's speaking out all the times I've been canceled, part two. I reacted to part one of her cancellation episodes last week. And so if you haven't seen or listened to that yet, I would definitely recommend going back and checking it out before listening to or watching this episode. And there is one thing that I wanted to kind of revisit from part one. She had talked about how there was a boarding facility for her horse that had um, basically neglected her horse and it caused her horse harm and one day she just had this gut feeling that something was wrong and so she went and she had to just like run through the stables and the fields and she couldn't find her horse and when she finally did he was in a terrible state and it was awful and she and her dad nursed the horse back to health. And Brittany brought this up because she was addressing allegations of animal abuse and or neglect saying that she did not cause this harm to her animal The boarding facility did. It was not her. It was never her. She would never do anything to hurt an animal, and so none of the blame was on her. It was all on this boarding facility. And at the time, I had said, "I don't know a ton about these allegations. I think I remember seeing a post from uh, the stable owner or the, you know, the boarding facility owner talking about how Brittany didn't pay her bills. But if I figured out more, I would come back and I would share it with you." So I did just want to read you the Yelp review because I was able to find it. Brittany posted a review of. Um, this facility and then the owner responded. And I will say Britney allegedly posted this review because I can't confirm if this Yelp account belongs to Brittany. It looks like it does. I looked at the other reviews on um, this particular account and they're for a few different places in Texas as well as a spray tan place in Los Angeles. So it tracks like it seems like it would be reasonable to come to the conclusion that this Yelp account belongs to her. But I can't say for certain that it does or it doesn't. So just take that with a grain of salt. So this review is from Brittany D. It's one star. It's from over three years ago. And it says, my horse was removed from this facility due to lack of care and malnourishment. I'm thankful that I got him out when I did. I would not recommend McKinney Horseplex for the well-being of your horse. And it is worth noting that this... um, horseplex, I guess, this this boarding facility has now closed. I'm not quite sure why, but they are no longer in operation. But Cheryl, the business owner, responded and said, Dear Brittany, I appreciate all reviews of our facility, even those I might not necessarily agree with. To be clear to the public reading this, your horse, Harley, was at our facility for seven months during 2018. You were late on board once. In 2019, out of 12 months of board, you were late nine times, requiring multiple calls and text messages for payment. In 2020, you were late five out of five months and you threatened if I made you pay your final payment, you would write bad reviews on Yelp and Google. I think it is important people know that the quote unquote before the quote unquote healthy picture of Harley was actually taken after he was at our facility for about a year and the one taken on one of the maybe five times you visited in the entire time he was boarded with us. The quote-unquote after pictures were taken after he had been sick for weeks with a draining wound and you would not have a vet out, nor did you come see him yourself. McKinney Horseplex actually stepped up and paid the vet in advance to get your horse medical care. At this point, you still had not paid your prior year's vet bill. As you were an absent owner, several of us took Harley over, mainly Jennifer and I. We loved Harley and did the best we could, up to including doing all his care when he was sick, paying the vet bill so he would come out, etc. Anyone who wants to find out more about Brittany, Harley's owner just needs to do a little research on Google, Brittany Dawn Fitness. Best of luck to everyone in finding a facility that is the right fit, smiley face. So in this particular instance, this is just kind of a one person's word against another person, and it's up to you to f- decide whose side of the story you believe. There isn't really any proof available publicly, but I'm sure if you know somebody decided to share the metadata on the photos of Harley, then we could have a better idea of what actually happened. But I will say that Brittany doesn't have the greatest history when it comes to being an animal owner, and. I think she either bends the truth or outright lies in certain situations. So when you're dealing with somebody who isn't always the most honest, it makes it hard to believe them, even if they are telling the truth. And I'm not saying that Brittany is, but if she were to be telling the truth in this situation, I'm I'm having trouble believing her side of things because I don't trust her. I, I just don't. I don't think that there's a lot of integrity in a lot of the things that she says. And so doesn't really matter if somebody comes on here and is like, this is the absolute truth. I'm being completely honest. If you have a history of not being honest, I'm not really going to be inclined to believe you, especially when you're being accused of doing something wrong, like neglecting an animal. Anyway, that's just my perspective on the situation. And I wanted to read that review and response to you just so you could have a little bit more information about what was shared in the last episode. And on a related note, They are going to be talking about Brody in this podcast episode from what I can see. There is a trigger warning in Brittany Dawn's podcast description, and so I will also provide that to you. There will be discussion of the death of an animal, and so if that's something that you don't want to hear about, feel free to exit out of the video. I'm not sure how frequently they're going to be bringing it up or at what point it will pop up in the podcast, so I'm just putting kind of a blanket warning on this. Again, if that is something that you don't want to hear about, feel free to click away from this, go watch something else. It is all good and I totally understand. And with that being said, let's do win for the week and get started on the reaction. My win for the week is getting a new Stanley cup in the color Yarrow. I love yellow and golden and like mustard colors. It's one of my favorite colors. And so when I saw this recommended to me on Amazon, I was so upset that they didn't have this color in stock. It wasn't even an option on the website. And I just thought, I hope they bring it back. I'm not gonna buy it secondhand for $70 off Poshmark. I can tell you that. So I hope that it it comes back in stock somewhere. And then one day I was just like, I'm going to check Dick Sporting Goods maybe they have it let's let's just see let's just see if they have any cool colors I had the charcoal one before which was fine but it was like the only one that was in stock at the time that I was trying to get a 40 ounce Stanley so it wasn't my favorite color I checked the website and they had it so I put in a pickup order and I went and got it same day I'm super excited. I love the color and that is my win for the week. If you want to share your win for the week, you can leave it in the comment section down below if you're watching on YouTube or if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify, you can leave it in the Q&A section for this particular episode. I cannot wait to hear your wins and celebrate with you. With all that being said, let's get to Brittany's podcast.
1: Whether it's miscarriage, whether it's you know relationship or whether it's it's online hate, Um, there's people that have reached out like, Hey, thank you for being bold and continuing to do what you do. Like, I don't have a platform, but I, I receive online hate about, you know, the way I look my weight, the things that I wear, things like that. You continuing to be bold encourages them. And so I would want to commend you for that because it's one of the things that I'm most proud of you about.
0: You're listening to chiseled and called with Brittany Don. A podcast about finding freedom in imperfection and peace in your broken pieces through Jesus. Our prayer is that today's message will bless you, embolden you, and fix your gaze on the King, that it will stir up the calling God has placed within you. Without further ado, here's your host, Brittany Don. Welcome
2: to the Chiseled and Called podcast. My name is Brittany Dawn, and I have my amazing, supportive, best friend, husband here with me.
1: By this time, do I get like the title of co-host?
2: Yes, I think at this point. My co-host here.
1: Does that come along with any type of benefits, like a retirement or any type of 401k? Not
2: currently. Health
1: insurance? Mm -hmm. Not currently.
2: Okay. (laughs) Well, you
1: know, one can hope.
2: The shoe's on the other foot because
0: Jordan, you're going to need to give Brittany a little bit of time to understand what uh, benefits should be given to an employee if you really are going to be hired as the co-host, because we know that Brittany doesn't have a ton of experience hiring people because she had said that when her business, her fitness business was growing, she didn't even think that she could hire people to help. That wasn't even a concept to her. She just thought she had to do it all her own. So she's still, she's new to having employees. So you'll have to give her a little bit of time. That is, of course, sarcasm. That's a joke. But when Jordan was talking, when they took the clip of a conversation they're going to have later about people telling Brittany that her showing up in the face of hate is an inspiration to them, I was thinking about the kinds of people who would be saying that to her. And I think it's probably people who found her since she started doing Jesus fluencing. You know, since she made the pivot to religious content and She Lives Freed and the retreats and all of that. And I am wondering, because there are people who watch my videos or who at least comment on my videos that completely disagree with me and support Brittany. So this question is for you. If you are coming to, to my comment section to defend Brittany, I would like to know when you started following her Was it when she was doing fitness stuff, when she was doing her fitness plans and and all of that, or was it after? Was it after she came back and was more religion-focused somehow you came across her content? Because I could see people who are more recent followers who don't know the full scope of everything she's done feeling defensive of Britney. And if they're taking her word for it, they would think that she's the victim in a lot of these situations and she's so brave and she's an inspiration. But I can't really imagine a lot of people who followed her in her fitness influencer days, continuing to follow her and wanting to like stick up for her and um, like thank her for showing up despite all the, you know, quote unquote internet hate she's gotten. I could be wrong, but I don't imagine a lot of her followers now are the same people who followed her when she was doing fitness. So anyway, that's my question. If you are here and you disagree with me and you like Britney, I want to know when you started following her. Please. Technically, Co- you're in charge of all that for me. So.
1: <laughs> Co-host status. Here we go. Here we go. Here I am.
2: Ready for takeoff? Yep. This is your captain speaking. <laughs>
1: if you're the captain we're in trouble amen (laughs) yeah just because your dad was one doesn't mean you are
2: (laughs) dear god if i ever became one that would be a scary day it's
1: like when i was a police officer you get the the young punk kids they'd be like do you know who my dad is my dad's an attorney and i'd be like good man you're gonna need him congratulations (laughs) same thing goes with you like my dad was a captain but I should not be.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Amen. That's just because that was his calling does not mean that's mine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into it. We've entertained the people enough.
2: I know. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is part two of a pretty weird series. Weird in a sense of like, it's felt weird finally talking about this. Like not weird that it's, I mean, it is weird. All of it's actually pretty wonky if you ask me. Uh, Pretty messed up and demonic, but we won't go down that rabbit hole right now. Um, where do we start?
1: We got married.
2: Let's start with prayer real quick. Yeah. We've encountered a lot of spiritual warfare with this entire series, like a lot of spiritual warfare. And so, um, in regards to like things going wrong, things not recording my incredible podcast team, which is behind all the editing for this podcast have been just so amazing.
0: Girl, in like every video I've ever watched of yours, you mentioned having troubles with your camera. Oh, it's it's overheating. It's about to die. Oh, well, the camera died, so now I'm back a few hours later. I don't know if you can consider technical issues demonic because they seem to be pretty frequent, but okay, let's hear it out.
2: It truly, such a blessing um, because it's been hard. Things have just not been going as planned and I... Not for a second did I think it was the Lord telling me not to do this because I felt so released from the Lord to do this that he gave me supernatural downloads and strategy on how to do this. So it's the enemy.
0: Oh, supernatural downloads. That download word um, kind of aligns with new age spirituality and manifestation, which Brittany has spoken very strongly against. So that's it's an interesting word choice.
2: Working over time. So we're just going to pray. We're going to start with a little prayer. to just kind of, you know, rebuke any attacks coming our way, and then we'll, we'll jump in. Okay, so dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day. God, thank you for this platform, for this podcast, for the ability to finally speak my truth. Lord, thank you for giving me the courage to do just that. I pray that you would give me the words to speak, the eyes to see, the ears to hear your voice, and I pray that you would allow us to be vessels for your kingdom. In your holy and precious name we pray, amen.
1: That was a really good prayer.
2: I was waiting for you to say amen, too. Amen. (laughs) Thanks, babe. (sighs) I'm laughing because I feel strong today. I'm proud of you. Thanks, baby. I feel really strong.
0: I wonder if that was scripted. It's just a thought because... In um, a lot of her content, her words are kind of hem high. I don't know. I don't know the correct uh, phrasing of that, but that was very, like, decisive language and clean cut. And here's exactly what I am saying. But then everything else she says is like, well, it was like, and oh my God, they had like, just not super direct is is what I will say. And she's starting out this podcast kind of the same way as the last one where she's like, I'm feeling strong. I feel good. Thanks, baby. And you know, he's talking about how he's proud of her. Let's hope that we can get through this one a little bit faster. Let's hope that she continues to feel strong and she doesn't just leave in minutes of sniffles and and crying. And I don't mean to be insensitive to somebody crying. But I've spoken about this before. There's a level where it just feels like you're leaving it in so people feel bad for you. Like you're leaving too much of it in. We can understand that you're crying with just a little bit of it. You can leave a little bit of it in. I don't have a problem with people showing their emotions and being vulnerable. But at some point, it's like, come on, this is an edited thing. Like, Make it a little bit easier to listen to.
2: So, okay.
1: Once again, bad co-host slash podcast guest because i am a bull in a china cabinet
2: you're making and i listen. can't
1: sit still and i hit everything and i move it's like the microphone like i just keep messing with it and moving it and i'm hitting little like thing on the yeah that's right. the
2: clasp that holds the i'm gonna try
1: on. to hold it together
2: here Please do. at least one of us has our their, their life together yeah all jokes on me <laughs> yeah <laughs> Wow. I sure don't.
1: There's a first time for everything.
2: Amen. There is a first time. Won't he do it? Okay. So, which by the way, I don't know if you know this. I briefly shared last week that I'm actually in the Reddit thread. And one of their favorite things to say, like when something doesn't go my way is, won't he do it?
1: Oh, are you serious?
2: They will say that against me. Like, won't he do it? I'm like, y'all ain't even Christians. What you talking about?
0: (laughs) Anyway, so. You don't know that. You don't know that just because someone criticized you means that they're not a Christian. Obviously, there are people in there who aren't, but I can guarantee you there are a good amount of people who are Christian who have an issue with you and have posted in the Reddit, th- like in the subreddit. And I can say that because as a Christian, I disagree with you and I've criticized you on YouTube. So, to say that like an entire subreddit is full of people who aren't Christians is a little bit presumptuous. People can have the same, uh, you know, general faith system as you and still see an issue with things that you're doing. That that's a possibility. We're gonna. Let
1: just me pastor in. you for a second. Just because they're in the Reddit thread talking crap doesn't mean they're not Christians. They're just probably wow. not. Oh. They're not acting the way the Lord would have
2: them. They've got some strongholds on their life if they're mm-hmm. entertaining that gossip, slander, and malice. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, but that's a podcast for another episode. We can talk about deliverance. Let's jump in. It. Let's,
0: I would say that Brittany Dawn has some pretty severe strongholds in her life as well because she seems to espouse a lot of hate and judgment for people that she doesn't agree with, but she's apparently the best Christian in the world. So, what do I know? Let's
2: jump the in. The
1: wedding.
0: Okay, so yeah, I'm actually gonna let you take off with this
2: after I do a little intro. And again, we're going to try to keep this podcast a little bit on the shorter side because Jordan's actually got a jet here soon. So um, we had our wedding, everything was bliss, everything felt amazing, our honeymoon, fantastic, literally, honeymoon could not have gone smoother, probably one of the best weeks of our life, at least for me, I I don't want to speak for you. But for me, it was one of the best weeks of my life. Um, And it felt weird because We're so used to these. I hate even saying internet trolls, that sounds so childish to say that, but that's what they are, right? Like, I feel like I need a name for them. Um, these people, Karens, that's that's
1: perfect. Oh man,
2: these Karens moments of genius, amen, babe. Wow, these so are original, so covers. genius. <laughs> these Karens have made it their life's mission to infiltrate every aspect of our life we went over that in the last episode so it just felt weird having you say if bliss.
1: you say everything was bliss other than the fact that at our wedding we had to have
2: extra layers of security extra, like and you
1: know we had 10 armed individuals at our wedding to prevent with the two cops 12 yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. Everything was bliss other than having to take these extra precautions to make sure that nobody acted a fool or mm-hmm. someone didn't show up that wasn't invited.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I everything felt safe was bliss. On
2: our, yeah. I think I felt safe on our honeymoon because not only were we in a gated resort, but there were armed guards there. Ain't no one trying to break down all that stuff to get to us.
1: Well, and last time <laughs> I checked the the cartels don't care who Britney no. is.
2: Well, no, no, no. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying like there are some crazies in this world, right? No, like, I know. That would try to destroy our honeymoon.
1: Our resort had armed guards and a gate because of the cartels, not because of your social media status. Amen.
2: But it made me feel safe.
1: <laughs> I know. That's
2: what I'm saying. Like it's it's not even that I'm saying that these people would do that. It's That's where my mind was. And that's really unfortunate yeah. because no one should have to go to that dark of a place.
1: And it was amazing. It was an amazing honeymoon.
0: Yeah. It was so, fantastic.
1: A month before we got married. Um I w-
0: I wonder what Jordan's like fascination and fixation on people being armed is all about. Like is it an insecurity in himself that it's like we got to put on the tough guy act and we got to talk about oh yeah, we had friends that were armed. We had extra layers of security. I don't want to say that Jordan's insecure, but that's just where my mind goes. I don't, I don't know what the reasoning behind putting on like the fluff and the and the persona is. It just doesn't click with me.
1: I was in a different industry than I currently am, 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 am. I was in a different don't make me industry. Laugh. I just
2: swallowed a bunch of water. I almost just spit it on.
1: I was in a different industry. I was in medical device sales. Um, so a month before we got married. Um, I had a well, well before a month we got married, I had a recruiter reach out and I was, um, recruited to a different company Mm -hmm. and I accepted that job. And I started a month before we got married a week before we got married. I went to training. I was in Tampa, uh, Mm -hmm. training, made it back for our, for our wedding. Um, we went on our honeymoon for a week. Um, so the day after we got back from our honeymoon was my first technical day uh, in the field as Our a sales first rep.
2: day in this home as husband and wife.
1: Yep. Um, what first full day, uh, in this home as husband and wife. Um, we, I went to work, mm-hmm. uh, I was up early. Um, if those, those of you that are listening that are, are surgical techs or nurses or maybe a surgeon or two, you guys know those mornings start early. Um, so I was already gone. Uh, I get a call about nine o'clock saying, Hey, I would need you to hop on a call. Um with, HR. with human resources, mm-hmm. and uh, I did, and I ceremoniously um instantly lost my job. The reason why is because troll
0: I don't want to be nitpicky, but I think he means unceremoniously lost his job, but I could be wrong maybe maybe it was ceremonious. maybe there was a confetti cannon or something I don't know
1: Oles or. Karen's, Karen's. which by the way, if you're, if your name is Karen and you love Jesus and that's not you at all, we're sorry.
2: We're just using that analogy that the world uses. We're not, we didn't make that up. That's, that's been around for a while. So
1: I lost my job immediately, um, because internet trolls had taken my situation from 2013 when I was a police officer, Mm -hmm. which if you don't know our story and you don't know my story, uh, in 2013, I was involved in a um, in an arrest as a police officer of a gentleman trying to break into a little old lady's house mm-hmm. who was high on narcotics, and super long story short, uh, he did not obey uh, the reasonable verbal commands that I gave him, and he was placed into handcuffs. Um, he was placed into handcuffs by using department-approved techniques. And essentially it, it went, it went my way. It didn't go his way. Um, that is as a police officer, that's what I trained for. That's Mm -hmm. what I trained for constantly. Um, and so, uh, did what I had to do and took him to jail. Um, and that was in 2013, I left the police department on my own accord, which is another thing that we have dealt with. Mm-hmm. Uh, is folks saying that I was fired from the police department? That you
2: were let go, um, never allowed back,
1: never. Allowed all things. this, you know, and no, I left uh, in 2016 to pursue pharmaceuticals left and medical on good terms,
2: in your own terms,
1: on my own terms.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I wasn't sued until 2018, Six which if later. if if these super gnarly, awesome internet investigators did actually a little bit of due diligence on it. They
2: would know that. They would
1: realize that the math doesn't make sense. The
2: math ain't mathin'.
1: So, left in 2016 of my own accord, Mm -hmm. was sued in 2018. This gentleman that I arrested felt like I violated his civil rights and I used a little bit too much force. Um, That lawsuit, I was represented by uh, the police department and the state of Missouri Attorney General's office. Mm just like any other civil lawsuit, not criminal, civil, uh, we went to pretrial mediation. And it was determined that it was uh, a business decision to settle uh, the lawsuit outside of, outside of the court of law. And that was a financial decision that was made, not by myself, but by others involved in this. I never paid a dollar. Uh, and, and also entered into a no fault settlement. Um, I wasn't at fault. He wasn't at fault.
2: Mm-hmm. He
1: got a little bit of money paid by a third party, and he went away. To then bring that back up in two thousand, um, where were we? In twenty twenty one.
0: Yeah, twenty one. The okay. I've waited as long as I can to interject. I did a whole video about Jordan's explanation of um, what happened regarding the lawsuit and um, his description of the events leading up to this arrest and all of that. Um, I'll link it in the description box. That way, if you haven't seen it and you're interested in more of the details regarding this, you can go check it out. I just wanted to add one thing to Jordan's description of the events because most of it, lines up pretty clearly with what he said when he went on blunt force discussion to talk about this and, you know, share his side of the story. Um, They settled. He was represented by the Attorney General's office. He was not found to have done anything um, wrong by the police department. He said that he's never had a formal complaint lodged against him. He said that the technique he used, which he didn't go into depth in it, and I don't know the exact term for the movement but basically jordan swept this guy's legs out from underneath him and you know head hits pavement and it, he was saying it was because this guy would not comply but it was it's kind of like a, a partial compliance because the guy he, there's a video of it i guess i have two things to add the guy's standing there And he has his hands up and Jordan was telling him to turn around and I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be in that sort of situation and, you know, like process what's happening. He had suspected that this guy was on PCP at the time because apparently this woman had called the police and said somebody was trying to break into her house and they were screaming I am God. And so they're suspecting drug use people have um, a much higher pain tolerance when they're on PCP. And so that's typically what um, like leads to the assumption that like people on PCP have superhuman strength while they're high is because they don't feel that pain. So I don't know. Uh, But he was he was standing there with his hands up. You know, I, I can't speak to a situation that I've never been in. But like I said in that video, I don't think what Jordan did needed to happen. I don't think it was okay. And I think it's kind of sad that Jordan sits here and talks about it so matter-of-factly and says that he would do it all over again the same way. You know, you can always reflect on your actions and say something like, in the time that this was happening, I did what I thought was right. I thought that I was making the right choice, but that doesn't mean I feel good about him getting injured. and It doesn't mean that I am happy with the way that this played out. I wish I didn't have to do that. He never says anything like that. It's just like, I did it and I would do it again because the department didn't find anything wrong in what I did. And they used that clip in future training videos of how to take people down doesn't quite sit right with me. And then the other thing that I did want to add is he said that he was arresting um, somebody who had tried to break into somebody's house. But in the podcast, and I believe in the um, paperwork, like the lawsuit paperwork, it says that this man had matched the description of a suspect. And really, the most detail we get on that is that they'd You know, the suspect and this man were both black men wearing dark clothing. So I just want to put that in there. It wasn't confirmed that this was the guy who was breaking into this woman's house or attempting to break in. He just, quote unquote, matched the description of a suspect.
1: Uh, Which, while I was with this medical device company, I worked for a wonderful Christian man who is a good, good man. He did everything everything outside of lose his own job to try to fight for mine. Mm had no idea that this was coming. Um, and I think this, it blindsided
2: everyone involved except HR.
1: Yeah. I mean, even, even, yeah, some, some really higher ups were unhappy mm-hmm. with the decision and HR ultimately made that decision. And, um, what I want to say about that situation is at the moment it was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, we're newly married. I'm the breadwinner and the Mm -hmm. provider and the Mm -hmm. protector for our family. And all of a sudden I don't have a job. Mm -hmm. What I do want to say is whatever internet troll took it upon themselves to send news articles Mm -hmm. and the dash cam video of that arrest to that company. Thank you. Thank you because you have actually ended up blessing me Um, without losing my job. And I'm not going to get into what I do for a living, but I am living in my gifts. I am passionate about what I do. I work with a team of godly Christian men mm-hmm. um, who are, in my opinion, doing the Lord's work. And absolutely, I get up every single day um, thanking the Lord that he's given me the opportunity that he's given me. And
2: Well, and I've watched you come back to life, too. Yeah. Like, you were... You were so good at medical device sales, but that wasn't your passion. No, it w- it was a paycheck
0: no. for you. And you were, we're, still, it. we're still we're still friends. He talks about in the interview that he did on Blunt Force Discussion. No promo to that show. Uh, not a fan of what I've seen of it so far. He's done multiple episodes since the interview with Jordan, but leading up to the interview with Jordan and including it, I'm like, I'm not huge fan of this guy. So again, not trying to promo the show, but we don't really have a lot of Jordan speaking out on particular things. And so that's like the one thing I can reference that he has spoken on. And in that interview, he does talk about how he's working in anti-human trafficking. And I had said like, because he talked about it, but then he didn't really elaborate in a way that I thought might have been helpful with giving like statistics or safety tips or you know just any information you can to uh, raise awareness of this very real awful issue it was just like yeah this is what i'm doing but i don't really want to talk about it and i had also said like why are you going to bring it up if you're going to say this is what you do but you don't want to talk about it and you're not going to like give anything helpful and also wouldn't it just be better to not speak about how that's what you're doing and and put it out there publicly like if you're not going to give safety tips if you're not going to raise awareness whatever you're just going to say this is the field I'm working in. And that's really all I can say. Maybe it's better to not say anything at all. Because if you make yourself a public figure, and people know that you work in that field, it might impact your ability to do that job. I don't know all the details of what goes into anti human trafficking operations, like, but but I assume that you have to make connections with people in order to bring them And so if people know who you are, they know your face, they know your name, and they know that that's what you do, you're going to have a harder time doing that. But again, that's all presumption on my part because I don't work in that field. And I don't know if Jordan is alluding to that here. I don't know if that's still what he's claiming that he does for work again. I say claiming because I I don't have any proof that that's what he's doing. So I don't know if he would still claim to be working in that field at this time or if he's switched jobs or is doing something else. I would understand why he would want to keep it private, especially with people contacting his last employer and I mean, sharing information that is publicly available, but information that nonetheless caused him to lose a job. Like I understand keeping that private
1: with some of my, some of my surgeons, Mm -hmm. some of my, the support staff that I worked around, some of the nurses, whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, love them all to death. Yeah. And I'm super thankful for their friendships, but it wasn't, it wasn't where I was meant to be. And outside of that situation, I'm not sure that I would have been able to make, have the courage to make the decision to leave. Mm -hmm. So the people who, decided to share that video, Mm -hmm. maybe thinking, man, we really got him. We got him. And what has given me peace about that situation is I've taken the, you and I both have taken the power back and said, you know what? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for what we thought was going to be terrible. The Lord turned for good.
2: Well, it's just, it's just like the Bible says, right? Like what the enemy sins for evil, God can turn for good. And like, Biblically speaking, we are called to bless those who curse us. And that's what you're doing and what we're doing in this situation is like, we could easily take a woe is me, how could you, how dare you perspective. But instead we're saying, God bless you. Thank you yeah. for blessing me. You Thank didn't you. realize that what you were doing because you had malicious intent was going to bless us, bless our family. But you have, I don't think they realize that but they have completely changed the trajectory
0: well, they changed- of- Brittany's approach for the entire last episode was a woe is me approach. It's just so interesting to objectively look at this and know that in the last episode, she is crying. She is saying like, I was so proud of myself because I was feeling strong, but this has hurt me so bad. And like literally going on and on. So many tears, so many instances of her like turning to Jordan for him to say, you're doing a great job, babe. And then for her to say, thanks, babe. Only to get on this episode, like, I don't know what the timing was between when they filmed part one and part two, but let's say a week. Only to get on here a week later and be like, we could have said what was me, but we're saying thank you instead. You're not saying thank you. You're saying that it sucked, it hurt, and that's fine to, to say like you were hurt by stuff people said to you on the internet. It's totally fine. But to say that and to be crying and having a breakdown and saying it was the hardest thing that you went through in your life and also that you are planning to take legal action against people on a subreddit and be like, well, I could have, you know, I could be like, what was me? But instead I'm saying thank you. You're not saying thank you. You're threatening legal action. paradigm
1: of a there's been a paradigm shift within our family Mm -hmm. we've had people come into our lives that will forever be brothers and sisters Mm and family
2: i've acquired what like 10 big brothers
1: all (laughs) all i mean gosh we're up to 20 now i mean
0: (laughs) i feel so sick if you're close to that many people i believe that it cannot be like a genuine connection it cannot be genuine closeness it's superficial closeness or it's one-sided closeness like I don't know. I think that you can form friendships with a lot of people and acquaintanceships with a lot of people and you can get along with people and hang out with them in certain circumstances and like have different friend groups and that's all great. But like if everybody's your best friend, nobody's your best friend. If you have 20 big brothers, you have zero big brothers. That's just how I feel about it. Maybe that's a me thing, but I don't know. That That's that's my thought on the situation. Okay. Hey.
2: Like anytime my husband travels, I feel so safe because I have all these big brothers that are like, you need me. I'm there in a second. Yeah. And it's just like the Lord provided us that through that closed door and God can turn it around for our good. Yeah. And so, so
1: if you're going through something that right now, if you're listening to this podcast and you're going through something like that situation, um, surrender to the Lord, and you never know on the other end of it, it might be the biggest blessing yeah. of your life. Yeah. And that's the true, the people that have, that may curse your name, that may try to drag you down. Mm-hmm. They might actually be doing you the biggest favor ever. Yeah. And that is, I am a living, you and I, mm-hmm. our situation, we are living testaments to that.
2: Well, and that's just one part, right? Because there's yeah. so many different things to unpack with this whole series. Like, there's so many areas in which the Lord has yet to redeem or has yet to turn for my good. But I believe that like seeing what he's done just in this one Avenue, I believe that with my whole heart that he's not done working, that he's a good, good father and he has our best interest in his mind. So if it's not what makes your heart beat yet, and if it's not good and it's not God yet, like he's not done. And it sounds so cliche, but, Okay, let's move in because I know we're on a bit of a time crunch, babe. Um, (sighs) October twenty twenty one. So we were both home that day. We I don't even remember if it was a weekday. I don't remember. It doesn't.
0: This isn't necessarily relevant to Brittany Dawn specifically, but the thought that you know, if if it's not good, God's not done yet people say this a lot and they use that that similar sentiment if somebody's going through something really tough it's like well God has a plan for this and I I think to an extent it's it's fine to say like God has a plan for your life and you know you can find meaning in this hard thing but I think sometimes bad things just happen or you are in crappy situations or you have to deal with hardship and there is no rhyme or reason or bigger picture for it. It's just part of the human experience. And I do think that in probably like 99% of situations, you can look at that bad thing or like think about the bad thing that you experienced and say, yes, this awful thing happened to me, but it did open up this door or it made me realize this thing or it, you know, it strengthened my trait in this. You can find good things in bad things. But sometimes bad stuff just happens and you don't have to look for a deeper meaning in it. You don't have to be like, what is God trying to teach me through this? You can just say like, that crappy thing happened and it sucked and it hurt my feelings and I'm just going to move on the best that I can from that thing. I think that it is a little bit egocentric to think that like, Every minor inconvenience is God teaching you something or everything that goes wrong in your life, no matter how big or small, like tech issues that Brittany was alluding to in the beginning of this is spiritual warfare. I think that sometimes in religion, um, depending on how you talk about it, you can have this thought that like everything specifically about me, God's testing me, or the devil's coming after me, or angels are guiding me, or the devil is attacking me. And it becomes very like me centric, egocentric, instead of focusing on what you claim to believe is the most important thing in your life, which would be God and like doing what you can and taking accountability for yourself and how you act. kind of a random side note, kind of a little bit of a tangent, but I just had to like put that out there. Like not everything is this existential lesson to learn. Sometimes crappy things happen because you make bad decisions. Sometimes crappy things happen because people are mean and they did something mean to you. Sometimes things are just inconvenient and it sucks, but it's just something you've got to deal with. You're not like doing something wrong if you're not seeing the beauty or the uh, the amazingness the lesson and something awful that happened to you
1: i remember that
0: doesn't matter that details
2: irregardless we were both home we we're doing home projects i remember that and we had to go run to the store for 15 20 minutes so
0: okay this is where they're going to talk about brody because i've heard the story before so um again if the death of an animal is going to be something that is deeply upsetting for you to hear, and you do not want to hear it. I'm giving you another warning to leave now.
2: Oh, it was a beautiful day. It was like 75 degrees out. We left our dogs in our very, very fenced-in backyard. There's no way they could get out. It was very fenced-in, safe, secure, all the things.
0: Well, apparently there was a way that at least one of them could get out. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't like telling people, you know, how to, how to be a dog parent, how to be a dog owner, but... I've never left my dog outside when I left the house like I just I literally would not do that if I am not there she's inside I don't know like it's risky stuff can happen people can open the gate like you just never know what's gonna happen if you leave your dog outside when
2: when you're not there didn't think anything of it thought it's a beautiful day they've got water food outside let's let them stay outside instead of putting them in a cage like it's that's what a lot of people do
1: so many people
2: yeah all the time so we go to the store we're back within the 20 minute mark and as we're as we're pulling down our road i i swore i saw brody and i was like babe is that and i i I just it, it was kind of just hitting me i was like no there's there's no way there's no way that's brody he couldn't have gotten out like no and as we inched closer, it was Brody and all logic went out the window. Um, I, I oh, you got just, out of the
1: truck before I even stopped.
2: Yeah. You were going 15, 20 miles an hour and I bailed out of the truck and I started running, sprinting up that hill. And as I got closer, I can never unsee what I saw. Like, his his entire skull was crushed in. There were brains all over the street. His eyeball was out of the socket. And I just remember being hysterical. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I honestly, they say when you're in traumatic situations like that, you have a really hard time remembering some things because your brain will automatically start trying to, like, suppress those memories. And I, I vividly remember seeing him and... I can still see that picture. Like it just happened yesterday in my head. And I don't remember anything after that. I remember screaming. I remember hearing cars coming down our street. Um, It's truly an act of God that a car didn't come. It would have hit me because of the way our street is. They wouldn't have seen me in Mm -hmm. time. And I remember you grabbing me.
1: Yeah. I grabbed you and all I could think was to remove you from the situation. And it it was really fresh it had just happened um, so i took you and and brought you inside and asked you to just stay here stay inside go into the bedroom um and just just wait for me to come and get you and as i came back outside the house um it which which com- all completely makes sense, there was um, a couple of our neighbors had actually heard heard Brody get hit. So it had just happened.
2: One probably heard me screaming.
1: And, the, and I'm sure they heard you, you, you know, your reaction to everything. So um, when I come back outside and I go up to the end of our driveway, I've got two neighbors who have driven their trucks down mm-hmm. and they've blocked the road. And uh, I look at one of my neighbors... Um, and he says, yeah, hey, man, it's, it's, it's really bad. And I'm like, well, how bad? And he goes, it's, he's not going to make it. And they, and they go, is he, is he gone? And he looked at me and he goes, no, he's, he's gasping for breath. And with the one remaining intact eye, he's, he's blinking and looking around. <laughs> and I'm like, man, like, I've got to like, I've done this on the police department before we, um, uh, you know, and it's it's really difficult when it's your own animal. It's and totally uh, that dog was such a special dog to you, and and so had been with you some of
2: the darkest times.
1: Been with you through a lot of terrible, uh, traumatic situations. And so I looked at that neighbor, and or he looked at me, and he goes, "Do you do you have you do you have a gun?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Okay." He goes, "Well, then I'm going to let you." Um, there was. When an animal's been been hurt so badly that there is nothing, there was no saving him.
2: And they, these people online that are saying, well, you shouldn't have done what you did are basically telling me that in that moment I should have scraped my mangled dog's brain matter off the concrete, put his eyeball back in socket. And let him suffer 20 minutes to get to a vet.
1: There's no way. Um, I mean, I'll I'll go to my grave, you know, and my challenge to those people is seeing the situation. They weren't there.
2: We were. Here's my question for you real quick. If a police officer, if we would have called a police officer because you're a former cop in that situation, what would a police officer have done?
1: well this isn't going to make sense to you mm-hmm. but we carried a, a certain type of ammunition for our shotguns um to i've been on that's what i was i mentioned earlier i've been on numerous calls where a citizen would call 911 and say hey that there's an animal that's been hit by a car it's still alive we would go and we would we would put that put that animal down um, it's the humane thing to do no matter if it's a household pet a livestock animal, a deer, mm-hmm. um, I have put down numerous deer mm-hmm. I've put down a cow um, I have put down a horse yeah. uh, as a police officer mm-hmm. um it is it is the humane thing to do. it's yeah. really, really difficult when it's a when it's your your animal, so there was no you know and I know you posted about this situation and you didn't share you didn't come right out and say it, but mm-hmm. what I will do. Here is I'll clear the air. Mm-hmm. I retrieved a firearm and I made the difficult decision to put down our dog mm-hmm. in the middle of the street because there was no saving him. And the people that say...
0: Okay, obviously, I'm going to let them finish the story. If you've heard Brittany tell this, you know how it ends with them sh- shooting Brody and killing him. Like that's, that is the end of the story. And I think I'm going to get some pushback for this based on comments I've gotten in the past, but it's, it's my perspective. You don't have to agree with it. I'm just giving you fair warning that you might disagree with me. I think that there are certain situations where an animal is hurt so badly that the humane thing to do would be to put it down. If what they're saying now is true, that His skull was crushed. There was brain matter on the pavement, like struggling to breathe. I can understand why they would have made the decision to say, this is really, really bad. We need to put him out of his misery. However, I could be remembering wrong, but I don't ever remember hearing this much detail. And I think it's kind of interesting that now they're adding this detail and in Jordan's retelling of it, he's talking about how it was the neighbor who was like, Yeah, this is what you should do, like kind of deflecting the blame onto somebody else and saying like, well, somebody else told me that it was really bad and he wasn't going to make it. And so he suggested it. And then I took that suggestion, kind of like saying like, yeah, I still did it. But it wasn't just me. It was other people who brought it up and who said that it would be a good idea. So they agreed with me.
1: That that's animal abuse. The people that say that that was the incorrect decision. You weren't there. Mm -hmm. You don't know what state he was in. Yep. And I believe that the actual humane thing to do is that he no longer suffer a drive to the vet or he no longer suffer. Yeah. There's animals shouldn't have to suffer.
2: No. And I wanted you like this is one part I do remember was when you got me inside. And you were setting me down and you said to stay here. I said, I don't want him to suffer anymore. Yeah, no, I told, told that. you that. I said, I don't want him to suffer anymore. Like, because I, I know what I saw. Yeah. And, and anyone you worked, in that situation.
1: You worked at a vet clinic for numerous years and yeah. you've seen animals be brought in that you specifically, because we talked about this afterwards, you mm-hmm. specifically had seen animals be brought in after being hit. And what did they do? They suffered for a car ride. Yeah, they suffered longer down. than they should have than they had to. And I am. There's no, there's no internet troll in the world that will ever be able to convince me that our dog was able to be saved. saw- no. um, and now saw, we made the
2: wrong decision. I saw
1: half of his face caved in. I saw one of his eyeballs removed, and I saw his brain matter on the concrete and an immense amount of blood. And he was struggling to gasp for breath and look at me. And I did what we had to do. And it was awful. What's completely ridiculous is the following week.
2: Yahoo News. Yahoo News ran an
1: article that was titled what?
2: It was titled Influencer Husband Shoots Dog.
1: Why is that news?
2: It's not news. It's gossip. It's drama. It's, once again, the media completely manipulating and twisting anything that someone does in their life. I get it. There are people out there who should be called out. There are people out there who have done things wrong. I've made mistakes in my past. I spoke up about those in my lawsuit video. But to what extent? Like, when did these people stop? When is enough enough? Everyone,
0: just because it- Here's the thing. If you share something like that, you know people are gonna talk about it. Like, you are the one who made this story public. You are the one who spoke about Brody being hit by a car and Jordan shooting him while people, while your neighbors rev their engines in the background. Like you're the one who publicized this and you have to know that people are going to have an opinion on it. People are going to talk about it. It just is like animals are a very sensitive subject. And so anytime somebody talks about like cruelty to animals or abuse, neglect, like being an irresponsible pet owner and that's coming from somebody who's an influencer or a public figure, people are going to feel very strongly about it and they're going to have their opinions. And so if you didn't want people having an opinion on something that you did, don't share it publicly. It it is what it is. Like you're an influencer. You share parts of your life with people and, and they follow and they like and they use your affiliate links and all that. But you don't have to share everything publicly if you didn't want to hear people's opinions on how you handled the situation you shouldn't have shared it because people have a right to express how they feel about something
2: it just goes back to the fact babe that when someone has a blue check mark or they have any kind of internet fame at all i don't even consider myself to have internet fame i just have a platform that the lord has entrusted me with but when you have those things the media thinks you're fair game that all your dirty laundry, yeah. anything that goes on in your life is now fair game for them to blast to the world.
0: And it's disgusting. You blasted it to the world. You, you, you made it public. You shared the story. People didn't dig for this. You brought it up.
2: It's demonic.
1: It could be the biggest influencer on the face of the planet.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All the way down to a 17-year-old high school student. No one deserves online hate from someone behind a keyboard and there's a shift coming in our culture. There's a shift coming in this world that needs to happen to protect people from that because there's people that don't have the support system or the encouragement that you do.
2: Well, and and I didn't have that in 2019 at
1: at a time in your life. You didn't have that. And
2: that's, that's part of my testimony that I'll share in two episodes from now. Like, Jordan's absolutely right. Like there's so many people in this world that are taking their lives over this stuff, that things are being completely distorted for clicks, for likes, for notoriety, for attention to go viral for five minutes. And they're, they're ruining people's lives. They're destroying people's lives over gossip and I could go on a whole rant about that. You know this, babe. That's my passion now.
1: Reel it back in.
2: Yeah. I'm going to reel it it. in because I know we're on a time crunch. Um, So not only that, but they also have consistently harassed my friends, which I, I just don't understand. I mean, it just goes to show that these people want nothing more than to destroy every aspect of my life. And what's beautiful about that is that in the past, these people have harassed my friends in 2019, when everything came about, they harassed the people that I...
0: I want to know who they is. They harassed my friends. They, like, they're doing this. Because in the last episode, she talked a lot about the subreddit and people on the subreddit and they're doing this. And, oh, that was the other thing. Let me, let me find it. A lot of y'all told me in the comment section of my last video that in 2019, the the Brittany Don Snark subreddit didn't even exist. It was created August 31st, 2021. So in 2019 and 2020, this subreddit that she's now a part of and she's infiltrated, quote unquote, didn't exist. So, you know, when you're talking about things that happened in those years, it couldn't have been them. And then in this situation specifically, she had just been talking about Yahoo News. So are you saying that reporters were harassing your friends or people who hate you, Karens, people on the subreddit? I don't I don't know like I I I just want to know who she's talking about who she's trying to direct this at with of they've harassed me and they're harassing my friends who who are you talking about
2: actually flew out to Los Angeles to represent and those same friends sent me a cease and desist the audacity
1: well my my thought around that is they harass the friends, but ultimately they're doing you a favor. Amen. Because anyone who goes along with the cancel culture troll mentality is mm-hmm. not someone that we want in our lives. No, I And don't so all sense. they're doing is I identify
0: Brittany has said the audacity about other people's actions in the last episode and she just now did it again. And it's like what does that mean? That that people aren't allowed to say negative things about you or have a negative perspective on you? Like the audacity to not do what I want or the audacity to come up against me. Why? Why is that audacious that somebody would have a negative opinion of you or say something negative about you? Like, that feels very entitled and, like, I don't do things wrong, so somebody sending me a cease and desist is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, the audacity to do that.
1: Fine weak links within mm-hmm. our lives that we don't want. We pray for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have, there are, there are people that have, whether you've made the decision or they've made the decision to remove themselves
0: mm-hmm.
1: from our lives. We still pray for them.
0: Yeah.
1: We still care about them just because we don't want anything to do with them doesn't mean we don't, pray, we don't pray for them yeah, absolutely. and wish them the best. Mm-hmm. But there are specific people from our, you know, that have been at one time in our life that we.
0: Okay. That's an interesting thing to me as a Christian specifically is like praying for people who who don't like you or people who you don't want in your life. That seems odd. Like Again, speaking as a Christian, when I pray, I can't say that on a regular basis, I pray for people that I don't like, or I don't want in my life because I tend to not really have them on my mind. Like if there's somebody who has done me wrong or hurt me and I no longer want a relationship with them, then the, the relationship ends. Or, or if they don't want a relationship with me, but I feel like they've slighted me, you know, I'm not saying I'm sitting here like everybody wants to be my friend. But like if a relationship has ended on bad terms, then like that's what it is. And maybe there's a, a period of time where I would be like, I hope we can um, fix this or I hope that, you know, we can get to a point where we are cordial again or where we're friends again. But eventually it's like that person's no longer in my life. I'm not going to keep thinking about them. And again, there are times where I have prayed for people that I've been having like interpersonal struggles with and I've just prayed for the best for them. And, you know, that has happened But I can't say it's like a regular occurrence. Like those people are not on my mind when I am praying. So that just kind of strikes me as odd. I'm wondering if they're kind of talking it up like it's happening more than, you know, or like they're talking as if it's happening more than it actually does. Or if those people are really on their mind that often that they are consistently you know, praying for ex-friends and, and internet trolls and, and Karens. I don't know.
1: Make a conscious decision that they are no longer in our lives. Yep. And so...
0: And that's okay,
2: as a, even as a Christian. We yeah. have permission to protect the sacredity of who's in our life. And so, they've harassed my friends. make up friend? another
1: word? Sacredy. I
2: sure
1: did. Man, look at you. You know... You know what I look forward to the most about these episodes? what word you're going to make up.
2: I want to wrap this up with like 30 second spiel about the friend stuff. So obviously these people have consistently attacked anyone who's associated with me, whether it's friend business, whatever, we'll get to that in a second. But
0: Jordan can't resist an opportunity to make Brittany look dumb or like to tear her down. It's very weird. It's like, you didn't need to make that comment. Cause I caught it. Like I, when she said sacred, I'm sure you could see it on my face. If you're watching this, that I was like, Hmm. Not a word, Uh, but like I didn't pause the video to say that. And yes, I did pause the video earlier when Jordan said ceremoniously instead of unceremoniously. But like I'm watching this with, with a critical eye and I'm listening to it, thinking about things that I want to talk about. You're having this conversation, this very serious conversation with your wife. You didn't need to correct her on that. I didn't even pause the video to correct her on it because I'm like, whatever. Like, this is inconsequential in the grand scheme of things.
2: At the end of the day, the Lord closed so many doors of people who were not meant to be in my life to open up so many more doors of women who would go to war for me. I mean, these women have seen me cry. They've seen me break down in front of them. They've cried with me as I've shared the deepest parts of my heart, the deepest hurt parts of my heart. And it's been beautiful to watch the Lord say, mm-hmm. you know what? You may have lost those friends, but I'm going to give you tenfold more than you ever thought you could pray for. And that's just who he is. That's who our God is. And so I hope that encourages someone listening that's in a season of like not having friends right now. I went there. I've been there. I was there for years. And then the, the Lord was like, it, it was a supernatural shift, right? that supernatural shift of suddenly having all these friends. And so going into people showing up at our house, <sighs>
1: can I say something real quick? Yeah. Thank God for good neighbors.
2: Oh, we, I we could, have the best neighborhood, you know, it, we do. And it just goes to show before I found this home, I had looked at 20 something homes, probably more, possibly way more. And Every time I, I specifically remember walking in several of those homes in Dallas, because I was so pot committed to staying in Dallas. And I remember walking in and immediately I'd step over that threshold and I'd hear the Holy, Spirit's not, Holy Spirit say, it's not this, it's not this one. And I followed that. And then just looking at how gracious he was to plant me in this neighborhood with the people that live around us. I mean, we've got We've got police officers in this neighborhood. We've got military, military contractors in this neighborhood.
1: We're surrounded by an amazing community.
2: Yes. Yeah. Layers. And people who, like, recognize when Jordan's truck is not here. And they're like, you know what? We're on we're on guard. I just, I know them. High alert. High alert. Yeah, I know them. And we're obviously not going to say their names. But I just know how they are. And they're like, oh, yeah. Don't worry. We got you, yeah. girl. And, well, and
1: just also, too, like, if you feel... That it is appropriate to stop by someone's house and trespass onto their property to do whatever you're doing to take a photo to take a video mm-hmm. to make britney feel uncomfortable like we know who you are
2: we've got cameras we've got cameras lots
1: between myself and several neighbors i don't even know <laughs> i don't even want to put a number on it a lot um <laughs> you're just making yourselves look stupid
2: license um, plates photo vehicles. Yeah, and yeah.
1: I would really I wouldn't do that anymore unless you want to be put on blast for what you have in your past.
2: We have looped in our local PD in on this. They were out chilling at her house, what, a couple months ago? Oh, yeah. At ten PM, the two officers were just out here hanging out with Jordan, just chit chatting because we're not gonna put ourselves in We the have place. a
1: snack box for them Amen. and drinks.
2: And and here's the thing. Once again Just like I've got incredible neighbors, we've got incredible neighbors. Our local police department is amazing. And in case you haven't noticed, we back the blue in this house. Like, we fully support them. And so, of course, they're looped in. They're ready. If I need to call, they're like, if she's home by herself and she feels unsafe by a car that's parked out in front of her house and they haven't acted on anything, but they're just sitting there watching, please call us. And you better believe I call. And so Mm -hmm. that has been a blessing just to be able to have police officers that are like, Oh no, we get it. And we're here to do whatever we need to do to make you guys feel safe.
1: I think the next thing that you should address is the lawsuit.
0: Okay. They talked about this a little bit in part one. Um, not necessarily like all the good neighbors and close relationship with the local police department and all that, but, They did talk about people coming to Britney's house and I'll say the same thing that I said in part one. Don't do that. That's not cool. Like I don't support people going to Britney's house to harass her or threaten her if that is happening. I don't condone it. I do not co-sign it, but it's very interesting. Again, like we're seeing a little bit of a change in how the story is being told because in the first episode... She's crying about how terrified she is of people coming to her house. And in this episode, it's like, it's no big deal. We back the blue. So they show up, even if it's not an emergency. They they said that we got you, and they do got me. I feel like interesting is the word of the video, because I'm noticing so many things. And all I can really say at the end of the day is like, that's interesting. That thing is interesting.
1: Because... (sighs) I think a lot of people are like, "You got sued. What you gonna do now?" And it's like, "Do you really think that we didn't know that that was coming down the
2: pipe?" Honey, we saw it months before you ever saw it coming or heard about it.
1: Saw it's like that's what you have an attorney for. (laughs) The
2: attorney tells you. I even had people reaching out to me that are no longer associated with me by my choice. um, That were like, "Hey, girl, you good?" I was like, "Yeah, just chilling. We're great." Because here's the thing: the media once again makes everything seem so much more intense than it is.
1: No, my favorite comment of all time was, "I hope that she loves the color orange for her jumpsuit in prison." and I was like, do they do they not know that it's a civil lawsuit
2: they don't they don't understand the difference between a civil and a criminal lawsuit." It's not hard to Google that. But
0: yeah, they literally said, I can't wait. People understand the difference. They also just like to make jokes. It's the internet. Like people are going to make dumb jokes about you being in a jumpsuit, even if they know that you're, it's just a civil lawsuit that you're not going to be facing any threat of potential jail time for. And also, why are we going back to talking about the lawsuit? I thought we were going to talk about new things in this episode, but some stuff is just kind of the same thing coming up again and again.
2: To see your orange jumpsuit match your orange spray tan. That was the comment they made.
1: Oh, that was it. You're right. I'm
2: You're like, right. you know, lucky for me, I love the color orange. You, you better believe I would have rocked Burn. the heck out of that. But that's just not where we're at, sweetheart. Like... <laughs> This you, is a civil lawsuit.
1: Your slams and your digs just lose a lot of their teeth when they're just ignorant.
2: Oh yeah. Well, you know, ignorance is bliss, babe. These people uh, are living high and mighty. They think yeah. they got it all made. And good job with the the background noise again.
1: Sorry. You know, I'm just really trying. I'm trying to trying to navigate life right now.
2: So yeah. Then we go into April of 2022. Um, okay. We hosted our very first one day event for Sheila's Freed. We had hosted many weekend retreats, but I was like, I want to mix it up. Let's just do a one day event. That's more cost effective for attendees. And, um, which speaking of cost, I didn't mention this in the YouTube video, but these people have also accused me of being a grifter and a scammer for Sheila's freed now, because I charge for these retreats, which people don't understand that literally every single penny goes right back into these events and retreats, how much it costs. I'm here
1: to tell you more than just every single penny that comes in.
0: Who said that? who said that you were like grifting money with She Lives Freed? I think there's been some interesting talk about how it's um, registered as a 501c3, but nobody's accusing you of claiming that you're going to put on an event and taking money for it and then not putting the event on. I've made videos about how I wouldn't pay the amount of money that you're charging. I have seen people call She Lives Freed and the retreats and the one-day events like her next grift and I think that's more so referring to the shift to religious influencing and hosting, you know, religious retreats and presenting yourself as somebody who can lead and guide people in this very important part of their life when it doesn't necessarily make sense or align it's like oh it's her next grift is appealing to religious communities or like a religious section of her audience and it's more so like that kind of thing where it's just like oh you're looking for your next money-making opportunity
1: because who foots the bill us yeah yeah when when, when we don't have enough like the the nelson household yeah when there is a shortcoming Mm -hmm. keeping it at a an affordable price point Mm
2: -hmm. When there's
1: a shortcoming, who pays for it? The money just doesn't appear. It's oh. us.
2: No, oh. It's me. It's, it's, it's yeah. us in the background fronting that bill. Because I believe that the Lord is doing a good thing with Sheila's freed. I've seen it time and time and time again. I've seen the testimonies. I've seen the deliverance. I've seen the women walk in freedom. And so I believe that he's Jehovah Jireh. And when Sheila's freed doesn't have the money to pay for these things, we front it. Because that's what a founder does. So anyways, I, I forgot to mention that in the YouTube video, but they've said that I'm, which again is just comical because they're clearly people that have never hosted events and don't know how much money it costs to host these kinds of things with, you're not even just talking about the event space. You're talking about the food, the the decor, the gifts. Then you're talking about hiring on the worship and, and all these people to help you. And anyways, so April of 2022, we have our first one-day event. Everything had been planned. We had been working months on this. Everyone was in town, my team. Um, I was in the car, in my car, with some of my girls. We were heading to the event venue. And I get out of my car, get my purse, walk around to the back. We're unloading some things from the back. I think we had, like, a suitcase full of, you know, items and stuff. And as I close the back of my car, like, the hatch, it's a forerunner. I turn the corner and I see this mob of cameras and lights and microphones running towards me. You know, it's one of those moments where it feels like you just paused for an entire second, but it was really like a millisecond. And I sat there and I was like, you've got to be kidding me.
1: Well, what's the joke? I, what do I joke with you all the time about them? Like, (laughs) I'm like, at the end of the day, we're really not that big of a deal.
0: No. We're like, not. We're not a big we're the deal. We're thing. Funny how she claims she was being mobbed by cameras and microphones, but I've never seen that news footage. Because, I mean, I'm assuming she's referring to it being journalists and news stations, because who else would she be referred? Like, who else would people with cameras and microphones be? But, again, I've never seen footage of this incident.
1: From it, we're just normal people. But I hope... That the whatever news organization that was that sent that camera crew and that reporter
2: Well, baby, what, there were, oh, but there it was were a like six. Yeah, These what, were different news stations. What
1: were they thinking? I don't know. Like, do they think that you're just gonna be like, yep, now's the time, man? I'm gonna stop <laughs> in the middle of this sidewalk and I'm gonna address it. Let's this go is my time set to up shine. an interview. <laughs> this is my time to shine. Like, they think that they were gonna no. get, like surprise you and get some comments. First no. of all, you're in a lawsuit. You can't talk about it. Legally. Who who in the world, like, I'm pretty sure that, like, people, like, high school students know that. Like, you it, can't.
2: It's common sense.
1: You can't talk about it. No. And so, it's just, it was just a, it was an overt attempt to intimidate you.
0: Well, and not then- even that. You know what it was? is it- By the news organizations? That does not even make sense. Like, this story does not even make sense. Again, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen, but this story does not make sense to me.
2: These people, it just goes back to show, well, if she's an influencer, she must really want all this fame and this is going to be her time to shine. She's going to take this moment and we're going to get the exclusive and then she's going to, you know, bury herself in on a, hole. a
1: sidewalk in Fort Worth. It, it's just, you know, and then talk about, I mean, there was a, a young lady who has written several stories about you. Well, that... Can I,
2: can I say something to that? she was through in there real quick, two seconds. So what's really cool about that. So cool about that is that was clearly not the Lord. Right, that was a distraction from the enemy to try to get me all frazzled and fired up and, and thrown off my quote unquote game, right? To like host this event, eight girls mm-hmm. got walked through deliverance that day. Like, that is powerful. Eight girls, we had 100 girls, eight girls got fully freed from strongholds on their life, traumas. I and, think we had yeah. like 15 girls. 20 girls get baptized that mm-hmm. day. I mean, a fifth of the women there. The the enemy was so fearful of what the Lord was about to do for these girls in their life that he said, hold up, I'm going to try to throw her off. And yeah. it did nothing. Mm-hmm. If anything, it fired me up even more. I remember telling my team, they were like, are you good? I was like, y'all, I'm great. This just means the Lord's about to do something incredible. And he did.
0: As far as people being delivered, that's that's like church camp high. You put people in a certain religious environment, and you make them feel very emotional in a certain kind of way, and they say, oh, like, I am completely changed. I'm going to get baptized, and I don't mean to sound, like, um, dismissive of it or, like, I'm talking down about people getting baptized at camp because I've seen people do it, and they're very happy with their decision, and everything's great, and, like, you know, that they're happy that they got baptized, and it just so happened that they made the decision at camp or at a retreat or at a conference. But you can't just say in one day they were delivered of trauma. They may have felt better about that trauma or they might have processed through certain parts of it. But again, it's largely related to the environment that they are in and the emotions that are intentionally being placed on people or that people are being primed to feel. That makes them feel like I have been set free from this thing or this thing no longer impacts me. I'm a completely changed person. Every now and again, that is a true experience for somebody. But in most cases, it's just a product of the environment and they make these commitments and they say these things and they make these proclamations and then they go home. And they're surprised that they're struggling with the exact same thing that they were struggling with before they even left. And they feel let down and they feel like a failure or like, I thought I had this change and I didn't. Like, what did I do wrong? So her being like eight people were delivered and completely freed from things like trauma. You can't say that. You, You can say that eight people got baptized or, you know, those people had a really... Impactful or powerful experience, but to claim that, you know, they they went through this incredible transformation and and were released from things that were hurting them in in some kind of way. I don't know the details of this trauma. Obviously, I don't think that it's necessarily accurate to say that. And so, yeah, what were you saying about?
1: Well, no, I was just going to say that there was a young lady who has written several articles about you and about she lives Freed that bought a ticket and attended the event. And she was what was so what I was so proud of, of you and your team is that we all knew who she was. Yeah. Everybody in attendance. I mean, the majority of the she lives Freed team knew exactly who she was mm-hmm. and she was still met with, and you, and you read about it in her article. She was still met with love yeah. and grace mm-hmm. and welcomed into that moment. Yeah. Um, even though that she might have been there with ulterior motives to mm-hmm. slander you or to you know, write unbecoming things of you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And all she was met with was a bunch of love.
2: I walked up to her. Yeah. approached her. I went out of my way. I, I spotted her across the room and I said, hey, I know who you are. I just want to introduce myself. I'm Brittany Dawn and I'm so happy you're here. And that's a moment that I'll never forget, because from a biblical perspective, again, we are called to love those who have intent to harm us.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, two things. First thing, I think it would have been dumb for her not to approach Kelsey, because that's who they're talking about. Kelsey Weekman. She used to write for BuzzFeed News. She's very good at what she does. Follow her on Twitter. Um, but. She went and she just wanted to experience what was happening, and she wrote about it and she talked about Brittany Dawn approaching her, and I think that obviously the smart thing for Brittany to do would be to approach Kelsey and to um, treat her kindly. To like, can you imagine if Brittany had gone up to her and been like, "You can't be here. You got to go." We're
2: called to we're called to love him. Yeah, and that's hard, man. Trust me, if you don't think for a second that the old Brittany wanted to come out in that moment. Little firecracker Brittany, oh, no. she was there. But Holy Spirit Dallas always wins. Brittany, yeah, the Dallas Brittany. I
1: get scared. Dallas Brittany's going to come out in some certain situations. She's a little
2: savage, but the Holy Spirit always wins. I'm just
1: like oh 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 oh, we love Jesus. We love Jesus. <laughs> we like love hey, Jesus. hey hey, re- reel it back in. Bring it. Look at me. Look <laughs> me in the eyes. This is not you. You're not this person anymore. And <laughs> usually, cooler this. heads prevail. <laughs>
2: It's, but you know what I mean, babe? Like it's easy. It's easy to let our flesh win in those moments. Oh yeah. It was just beautiful. Yeah. So how our team handled that.
1: Yeah. The, the next topic.
2: Yeah. Becoming foster parents. Foster parents. So shortly after that, I think we announced, was it like July? I think is when we announced June, July. Yeah. Something like that. It could have been May. I don't remember. I didn't go back and reference date. And the
1: reason behind that, I know you've talked about it on your platform before is, uh, you know, we had been trying to, to have it a baby of that. our own mm-hmm. and, uh, We both came together and we felt called to in that interim, Mm -hmm. which, you know, we still don't have a baby of our own, Mm -hmm. but in that, whatever, whatever that looks like, we have the resources, we have uh, the love to give, to step up and love a child when they need it to stay in the gap. And I think that that's ultimately why anyone becomes a foster parent is to stand in that gap for a child that can't protect themselves. And that's what we felt called to do. Mm -hmm. And that's why. Yeah. And go ahead with.
2: So I announced and again, it was such an exciting time for us and also kind of a scary time. We've never been parents.
1: Terrifying. It's
2: a vulnerable thing.
1: Never been parents.
2: Yeah. To even think about opening your home up to kids that, not only are you in charge of, but the state's fully involved in, that's a very vulnerable thing. Right. And so, um, it didn't take long (laughs) before people decided to just completely start trying to infiltrate that as well. And we'll get to that here in a second because in between announcing we were going to become foster parents and actually becoming foster parents, I got pregnant, which Mm -hmm. we thought was a God thing. I still believe it was a God thing. Um,
1: We have a baby in heaven.
2: We do. We were parents to a baby in heaven, and I I got to spend almost a full three months with that baby. And um, we fully intended on waiting to announce that pregnancy until I got into my second trimester. And
1: which, let me remind you, yeah, is your right. Yeah,
2: and and honestly, I'll say this now, but like living through everything I've lived through, like with Brody, people wonder why I don't post our dogs anymore. Because the internet lost that privilege, yeah my animals, our animals, are our children in the season of life because we don't have earthside kids, and so it is my right to keep that information private from the internet, and so yes, our dogs are alive and thriving and happy, but that doesn't mean I have to share that with you guys and mm-hmm. and it's sad that a few bad apples ruins that for everyone, right
1: yeah, it's a you know we're we're talking about cancel culture and the vast majority of your follower followers mm-hmm. are very supportive Incredible and and, and wonderful people. Yeah. And, and one of the things that, that warms my heart is you show me the, the messages that come through of
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, from women who are like, I need, I needed to hear that. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I've seen on so many occasions and I know I've said it on a couple of different, the thing that makes me the most proud is when you, show me those messages is like you continuing to be bold and to Mm -hmm. put out your faith and to, to share even when it is difficult to share about a miscarriage. I mean, golly, like the amount of women who have said like, man, I, I went through the same thing, but I don't have, you know, thank you for putting this out there. You encouraged me. You helped me through a dark time just everything, whether it's miscarriage, whether it's, you know, relationship or whether it's it's online hate um there's people that have reached out like hey thank you for being bold and continuing to do what you do like i don't have a platform but i i receive online hate about you know the way i look my weight the things that i wear things like that you continuing to be bold encourages them and so i would want to commend you for that because it's one of the things that i'm most proud of you about
2: thank you you'll make me cry
1: Don't cry. We don't have time to cry.
2: (laughs) Your police side's coming out again on me. What's that? Don't cop me.
1: Don't cry. We (laughs) don't have time time to cry.
2: So, um, yeah. And we're trying to wrap this up, but
0: I don't know if they're going to continue talking about, um, Britney's miscarriage or if, if that was kind of all they had to say about it but I don't have any comment on it I try to avoid talking about pregnancy loss as much as possible on my channel it's just not a comfort or a topic that I am uh, comfortable with because of how deeply personal and traumatic it is for the people who experience it I think it's an awful thing to have to go through and so yeah like I just I do feel bad. I feel bad that Brittany had to go through that. I disagree with her on a lot of things, but that's one thing that like I'm not going to pick apart the timeline of it or how frequently she talks about it. The only thing I have talked about is when she um, took that creator's audio um, infertilla talk on TikTok and used it over um, her own video without crediting her and the topic of that video was pregnancy loss and like not being able to have children. That's the only thing that I have spoken about related to that and I will keep my discussion of that topic as minimal as possible. But depending on what she has to say about doing foster care, I'll, I'll have more to say on that one.
2: In between announcing that we're foster parents and actually becoming foster parents that got pregnant, hadn't announced anything a week before I was ready to announce, um, I miscarried and that was the hardest week of my life. I've been very transparent about this and, um, it it felt like 98% of the people were supporting me. And then there were a lot of people that were like, she faked this, this is all fake. She's a fraud. And I'm like, we literally have a video of this child's heartbeat on screen, like from the sonogram.
1: Well, and just because we made the conscious decision to wait to share that news publicly until we were into the second trimester. We did that to enjoy Mm -hmm. that time with our family Mm -hmm. and our friends and to make those announcements. That time wasn't for the Internet. That time was for us, for our family, and for our friends.
2: And that's okay. It's okay to fully take those moments and enjoy those moments and take it all in for what it is. And again, like just like I mentioned with the dogs, now I'm at a place where I'm like, I don't know that I want to post our kids online one day. Because what are they going to start doing then? Yeah, They've completely taken the innocence of those things away. And so um, then we became foster parents.
0: I think it's everybody's right to share as much or as little about their own pregnancy as they want. And I totally like understand. And I'm with Brittany and Jordan on that one. Keep it private until you are ready to share it. Enjoy it. Just the two of y'all. And then, you know, sharing it with your friends and family before you take it to the internet. I have no trouble with that. I will say that with her saying that she doesn't know if she's going to want to share their kids on the internet. I don't know about that because she shared quite a lot about her foster placements on the internet, and so it just doesn't seem like that's something that Britney would do um, to like make a conscious decision not to put her kids online. But I do hope that if Britney and Jordan ever end up having kids of their own, they do, you know, look into the dangers of putting your children on the internet, and they make responsible choices. I'm not saying that they should never post them or they have to keep them private or like anything like that. They have the right to make their own choice about how much is shared about their kids but I do hope that they're responsible with it and they understand the dangers especially when you have a platform as large as hers of putting kids on there and like their full names or their school or the activities or their schedule like things like that that a lot of mommy vloggers share can give people a dangerous amount of access to your kids and so I just hope that they look into that and they take appropriate precautions.
2: Parents, and it was just one thing after another. Well,
1: they've just the trolls have constantly tried to inject them, interject themselves in every step of the process, yeah. and it's just not gonna work. Yeah, it's not gonna work. No, and they,
2: there's a lot that we could say to this, um, just because so much has happened. But it's actually going to end up being a podcast episode in itself because, again, there's so much oh. to unpack with the foster parenting situation. And okay. the unfortunate part of all of it is that these people don't realize that the kids' lives are being affected. When a kid gets yeah. placed in a home.
1: That's the saddest
2: part. It needs that stability. And when you try to interrupt that, you're adding another layer of trauma to that child's life. And these people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. It's not about the kids.
1: They're so hellbent. They're so hellbent on destroying you and me and our family Mm -hmm. that they don't realize that I promise you the situations that these children have come from Mm -hmm. are worse off than being in our home.
2: Absolutely. And
1: our home is a safe place.
2: It's a Holy Spirit filled place. There's such
1: an attack on, on families, on good homes
0: Mm -hmm. these days. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it makes perfect sense that, well, that's all.
0: There's an attack on good homes these days. What does that even mean? What are you even talking about? Brittany wants to say that people were trying to ruin this for her and they're trying to attack good homes, but you're the one constantly posting about your placements. I mean, they don't have a placement right now, but when she got her first placement, she posted personal medical information about that child on the internet. So you want to say, like, leave leave us alone. These kids have been through trauma. They're trying to ruin it. They're trying to disrupt their placement and all of this stuff. But nobody would know anything about this if you did not share it on the internet. Again, I think there's a line that people can cross when providing critique or negative feedback about somebody. And it's important to, like, stay above the belt because if you go below the belt, then you know, if you're taking cheap shots at people, they're probably not going to listen to you and they're not going to change. And it diminishes your credibility in certain things. But in terms of being a foster parent, like people are going to talk about it when you are sharing information about this kid. You're shaming the kid's parents. You are talking like you are just the most experienced parent in the world. And now you have all the answers and you have all the tips and tricks when you've had a kid in your house for a week, you are at the gym, but you're talking about how you're so tired. You forgot to brush your teeth this morning while wearing a full face of makeup and having curled hair. Like people are going to talk about these things. And additionally, people are going to talk about it when you say that you (laughs) went in your detached garage for a workout while a child was sleeping in a crib in their room and you left potpourri on the stove without any water in it. You left a stove on. You walked back into the smell of smoke and you decided to post it on the internet. You go into a detached garage and leave an infant in the home I hope she had a baby monitor with her at least, but you do that and then you walk back in and you smell smoke, that's harrowing. Like I cannot even imagine the emotions that I would go through in that moment. But I can tell you, if something like that had happened to me, I would not be sharing it on the internet as some lighthearted joke that we can all laugh at, like a relatable foster parent fail because that's what she called it. Ooh, I'm worked up now.
2: What they want. Well, and how many people, we host people, we have hosted, this will be our fifth person that we're hosting this week. Mm -hmm. We've hosted five people in the last three weeks in our home for multiple days at a time. How many people walk in our home and they tell us this place is so peaceful? Mm -hmm. Because the Holy Spirit dwells here. You can't tell me. We pray over our home. Yes, Mm -hmm. our Mm -hmm. home. We anoint our home. our home. We pray over our home. We invite the Holy Spirit into our home. This is His house, not ours. So, anyways, we'll do a whole podcast episode about that. Um, right. They've accused you of being racist, babe. They've accused me of being racist. They've. It just. It's like every day I'm learning something new that I. I am that I didn't realize that I am, and it's honestly mildly entertaining because, it just goes to show that these are the people they're
0: it's entertaining to be accused of racism. Okay,
2: What's that saying? And I'm probably gonna butcher this. It's the people who have the loudest opinion about you are the people who have never actually sat with you.
1: Yeah. If, have you if, heard uh, that? If I'm if I'm racist, then my entire childhood was a lie, and and I'm yeah. not gonna say his name because I want to protect his identity. But um,
0: you're gonna be like, I can't be racist. One of my best friends is black
1: because of his sweet little family, but mm-hmm. my childhood best friend, my, my second father, my childhood coach in every sport, um, we're, we're not the same race. Mm-mm. Uh, and you know, yeah, it's just, it's initially when we were compiling some thoughts about sharing about the situation, I wanted to, I wanted to go off about that. And you know what? The Lord just gave me peace on it. And he goes, that's not who you are. Amen. You don't need to justify yourself to people um, in regard to that, you know, who I am and the love that I've given you Amen. and that's not who I am. And that's not who you are yeah. because your identity is not me. And so it's not even worth addressing.
2: So proud of you. Wow. That's so beautiful, babe. Well, and it's our reputation is not ours to defend, you know, so, um, wrapping this up there was a donkey situation this was actually as as of recently little toaster little toaster um there was a nonprofit that i worked closely with that i was was at the time honored to work with i no longer want to be associated with them um they rescue horses and donkeys from slaughter that are going at the auction to slaughter and so i was like hey we really want a donkey up at the ranch to put out with our cows um, would love to rescue one. So we sent the money, they, they got the donkey, um, then got it home, got it transported back to their place. And she sent me some photos. I said, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Um, at this point I had already kind of posted about this process. So I was like, Hey, am I allowed to post this on my stories? She said, yeah, of course. And of course, should have seen it coming. These people decided to then take my false narrative that they've painted in their head, their picture of me and tell her, how could you possibly partner with her? She not only neglected a horse, which if you haven't listened to the previous episode, go listen to that. There's Mm -hmm. a whole story in there about my horse that again, I did neglect. I saved from Mm -hmm. being neglected. Um, and also her husband shot their dog. And so then this company said, hey, we, we actually, they basically washed their hands clean of us because of that. So, again, I don't want to be associated with companies that support cancel culture and, and cyber harassment. So that was a blessing in disguise. Um, and we're going to go rescue our own donkey.
0: That's it. interesting. I don't know much about that situation, but if you're paying for a donkey, I don't know, like, why people would be like, You can't partner with Britney Dawn. Something about that isn't adding up. Like maybe there was some sort of agreement of Britney posting to get like a discount on the donkey, or I mean, I don't know. This is just kind of spitballing theories, but it doesn't make sense to me that somebody would take your money and be like, yeah, of course you can post about it and then um, like not do business with you in terms of you purchasing something from them it and maybe I'm wrong because they are a rescue organization so um maybe they had concerns about what happened with Harley and, and Brody but a lot of play, a lot of times if you're working with a rescue they do vet you in advance like I know for a lot of um dog rescues in my area you have to submit a an, an application or if you're going to do fostering of dogs that are in shelters you have to have like home visits and stuff like that and so they look into who you are so I don't know there's just something in here that makes me feel like it wasn't just a simple transaction of I'm paying you for this donkey like I think What would make sense to me is if it went a little bit deeper. And Brittany said in the last episode that they were going to talk about brands who have not honored business commitments with her, um, like canceling sponsorships. She mentioned HelloFresh. I wonder if they're going to get into that now, but there's only about seven minutes left of the podcast. So let's see.
2: I believe that with my whole heart. So, And the last part that we are going to close this out with is... uh, where these people have basically infiltrated my life once again and they have gotten multiple six figures worth of contracts canceled. Now I say that, and I also want to say this, we are blessed to have multiple streams of income. I'm blessed to have Jordan, who is our breadwinner in our family who provides for us. So it's, it's been okay. And it's been, um, a place where the Lord has provided stability regardless of what these people have done. Because at the end of the day, He is Jehovah Jireh. He is our great provider. And I believe that with my whole heart, that where we lack, He provides in some capacity, in some way, shape, or form. And so it's been a beautiful season of watching Him do that.
0: They've mentioned Jordan being the breadwinner and the provider of the family a few times in this episode. I don't understand why that's necessarily relevant other than because it appeals to the kind of audience that Britney is trying to cultivate.
2: But it's just disgusting that these people will, I'll post a collaboration, I'll do all the work for it, I'll create the content, I'll edit the content, I'll upload the content, I'll get it approved. It's a whole process that can sometimes take weeks, um, or a a week or multiple weeks to do this. um, Because again, you're representing another brand. So I'll do all this work only to post it and not get paid. Because these people will gang up On the brand that I'm working with, they will infiltrate them with emails upon emails upon emails of how could you work with her? She's a scammer, she's a grifter, she's a fraud, whatever word they're choosing to use. She's a racist, she's this, she's that, like she neglects animals. They will use all of those narratives that they've made in their head, made up in their minds, made up on Reddit, and they will then take that to these companies. And these companies, who again bow to cancel culture, will then retract any affiliation with me. Some of them actually still do pay me, but a lot of them will just retract, get all the work for free only to never pay me. That is scamming. That is fraud. And it is also illegal. Jordan mentioned this, I think in the the last podcast, that it's actually illegal in the state of Texas to interfere, a third party to interfere with a contract between two people, two parties. So That's something that we're actually working on behind the scenes. Um, We have a lot of names for this. And again, it's just been a a beautiful season of, if not, God is still good. If I don't get a paycheck here, God is still good and he's going to provide elsewhere
0: Okay, I feel like if this is something that Brittany Dawn has been dealing with for years, there's probably a way to put language in whatever contract she signs with these companies that say, if for some reason you decide to cancel this collaboration, here is still the amount that you owe me. And if they're not willing to agree to that, then maybe you don't take that deal. But I'm assuming a lot of these brands probably have some kind of morality clause in there that is... like a a kind of a fail safe of we can terminate this contract in X situation and then we no longer owe you. So as long as you align with the, you know, the values that are espoused by our brand, everything's good. But if something pops up and we no longer want to be affiliated with you, we can cancel this. And Brittany's the one agreeing to it. She's the one signing on for it. So I would think that if this has been happening for years With her having an attorney and Brittany and Jordan talking about like all the benefits of having an attorney to get you ahead of stuff, they should work work on something with that contract to where it says that they still owe Brittany a certain amount of money, even if the contract is canceled or even if they want her to take down the sponsored content. Like, that would just be the smart thing in in my head. If it's happened before and it keeps happening, it's probably going to happen again in the future. Like, protect yourself and protect your money, honestly.
2: He's done that time and time and time again. And just like I have the right to keep our dogs private, just like I have the right to keep possibly our future kids private, I also have the right to keep certain streams of income private. And so that's what we're doing. And, um, that is actually kind of just wrapping up this whole episode. Jordan actually had to jet. So I'm going to close this out on my own. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a wild ride. I'm very proud of myself for just being able to even speak on these things. And the truth is this isn't just affecting me. This is something that so many influencers and just people online are living through. And it's disgusting that nothing's being done about it. I truly believe with my whole heart that the Lord is not only going to just use my story, but he's going to use the story of everyone else that's finally finding the courage to speak up on these things, on the hell that they're living through behind closed doors because of Internet people, Internet trolls behind an anonymous screen. Um, I believe with my whole heart that the Lord is going to use this to make a change. I, I mentioned this in the YouTube video that we just filmed. Um, that'll also be going live today as well. But I remember this vividly last year, Jordan and I were watching TV in bed and he had the news on. I was already falling asleep somewhat. And all of a sudden they announced that the UK had just passed a law where it is a felony to harass and cyberbully anyone online whether you're behind an anonymous count or not, whether you're, you know, your face is attached to it or you're trying to hide behind a fake name. Um, it is now a felony. And I, I remember leaping out of bed and I was just like, babe, this means something can change like this. If the UK, the United Kingdom can make this change with their law, why can't we, we can absolutely do that. We're the United States of America. And so I believe with my whole heart that God is going to do a good thing somehow, some way with, again, not just my story, but with people who are finally speaking out because at the end of the day, lives are being changed by this in a drastic traumatic way. People are taking their lives over cyber harassment. People are taking their lives over cyber bullying. And I haven't shared my testimony yet. Again, you can probably imagine where my testimony leads, but by the grace of God, I'm still here. And yeah, there's just, there's so much still to impact. Next week is going to be Reddit. Um, We are addressing Reddit in an entire episode. Mm. I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for everyone's feedback for everyone being so supportive of course there's going to be people who aren't supportive but that's because the darkness is being exposed with light and your messages your comments your emails I've had so many people emailing me um they don't go unnoticed and even if I haven't had the chance to respond like your support means the world to me because this has been the hardest thing to talk about to open up about um it's been very vulnerable and I've I've process these things and lived through these things privately on my own with the Lord and with my husband. And it's just, it's a weird feeling to finally open up and share that with the world. Um, And so I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. And yeah, I believe that God is going to do a good thing somehow, some way, and that he can redeem all of this. um, That my reputation is not mine to defend but that when the Lord asks me to speak, you better believe I'm going to speak and find the courage to do so. So as always, thank you guys so much for stopping in and we will see you guys next week.
0: Okay, so this episode was not what I was expecting it to be. Britney's last episode made it sound like part two was going to be revolutionary, no holds barred, we're going to expose people, we're going to talk about these brands that haven't paid me, big brands, and like, like I thought it was going to be just like laying everything on the table, whether or not everything that got laid down would be true or not would be a different story, but I, I thought that this episode was going to be like exposing everything based on the way that she prepped us for it in the last episode. I didn't quite feel like that's what ended up happening. Um, There were a few new topics that were brought up, a few new details that were shared that were new to me anyway that I hadn't heard before, but a lot of it was pretty repetitive of things that she said in the past, so that really wasn't what I was expecting it to be. So I'm kind of still mentally processing the way she promoted it versus what was actually contained in the podcast episode. But apparently the next episode is going to be all about Reddit. So if you like these and you want me to keep doing reactions, please let me know. I really did want to talk about parts one and two of her speaking out about all the time she was canceled because... I thought that like those would be good ones to cover. I thought there was going to be a lot more detail in these. And so that's why I did reactions to um, the full episodes because they were talking about the lawsuit and um, being canceled. And I thought that she was going to address, like sincerely address scandals and issues that people had with her. But that's not really what happened. But if you want me to keep doing reactions to the podcast series, let me know. I know a few people have said like, I enjoy your content, but I can't listen to all of this because of Britney. so I'm going to hop out. Um, and, and I definitely understand that. But if that's kind of a common sentiment – Definitely feel free to let me know and let me know your thoughts on what was shared in this podcast episode. Anything that you want to discuss or talk about, you can leave it in the comment section down below. And while you are doing that, if you would consider liking this video or subscribing to my channel, that would be incredible. And if you are listening to the podcast, if you would consider leaving a rating or review, that would be amazing as well. And if you have done any of those things already, Thank you so much. I am so appreciative of you and I love being able to just sit here, hang out with you and talk about whatever. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Please be kind to people and I will see you in the next one. Bye.